Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I am your host, James, and today we are going over the second to last episode of Littlest Pet Shop ever seeing red. So, we begin with Blythe writing something out with her mom's journal, uh, like, right next to her. And the girl pets are there with her, and Blythe reads a love poem from the journal. And the love poem in question is from a guy asking a girl to run away with them, which all the girl pets are like, aww, about. And then Zoe asks, if that's from Josh, we really need to reevaluate things. Blythe giggles and says it's just a poem her dad wrote to her mom when they were about her age. She says that her mom turned down the idea of running away because they had a math test the next day, which very, very, uh, I just like that. So then Blythe explains that she's turning uh, this whole poem and exchange into a fully fleshed out story for a writing contest at school. And she reads an excerpt from it using B for Betty and R for Roger. So the girls find it sweet, especially Penny, who's crying her eyes out to the point where Blythe has to move the journal out of the way. The other pets say it's time to head back, and Blythe apologizes, saying she didn't mean to make Penny cry. The other pets remark that no one does, but it happens often. Penny says it doesn't really happen that much, and then Pepper says, I'm the comedian, but are you joking? You cried before we came up here, for the silliest reason, too. Blythe assures Penny that it couldn't have been that silly, and then they explain that Pepper's uh, squirting flower broke, and then Penny gets upset over it and cries again, like squirting Blythe in the process, and then the pets take their leave to calm down Penny Ling. So... In the dumbwaiter, Penny apologizes for ruining their day out, and the other pets say they know it wasn't on purpose and that she can't help it. Penny vows to make an effort to help it and says she won't cry for the rest of the day. The others just kind of laugh it off, but she really wants to. When they get down, Vinny informed Pepper that Sunil has a poem for her about her broken squirting flower. Penny cries again and soaks Vinny and says, okay, maybe we shouldn't read the poem. So, for a moment, let, let's take a moment here. Because that's, that's how I have it in my notes. It does seem like a weird devolution that Penny, like, is, like, this sensitive once more. Like, we know Penny's sensitive. That is, like, a character trait that she does possess. But there have also been like plenty of episodes, even b- back to season one, that show her tenacity. That shows that she's more than just, you know, a crybaby. Because she's not, she's not a crybaby. She's she's tough when she needs to be, and very determined when she needs to be. But it does it does feel like. Uh, like in guilt tripping, we're going back to a season one episode for a little bit, but like, I'll I'll get more into this idea later 
spoiler alert, this is going to be the thing of the episode. Because, <laughs> like, I, I can't have an episode without a thing. Can I? But whatever. It does... It does seem odd for this to play out like it is. So, Blythe comes down to the Littlest Pet Shop as a camper is being dropped off. Mrs. Twombly asks Blythe to be a deer and take the camper into the day camp. And then Blythe says that she would be a deer, but Hoof would believe her. And Mrs. Twombly and Blythe have a laughing riot over it. As Blythe takes the camper in and Mrs. Tomley says, I love animal puns. So she introduces the pets and herself to Scarletta Red. And she opens the carrier and sees that Scarletta is a red panda and thinks that she and Penny would, uh, you know, get along well. So Blythe heads back up through the dumbwaiter to work on a writing project. Russell tries to introduce himself. But Scarletta is a bit intimidating. Vinny asks why she and Penny look so different, despite being both pandas, apart from their adorableness. And Scarletta takes a little bit of offense and asks if uh, pandas are just adorable to him. And he's like, yeah, kind of. Minka tries to be understanding, but Scarletta says that she can take care of herself. And all of Scarletta's dialogue... uh, for like a lot of the episode and certainly at this point in the episode is scored with this like West Side Story gang fight kind of music which is a really nice touch so Penny sees this and is inspired by Scarletta to become one tough panda so Blythe continues her writing project and writes more sickeningly sweet poetry which only sounds like stuff Roger would write So, like father, like daughter, I suppose. So she hears a vacuum going off and looks out to see Roger. She notes that it's the 15th, Roger's deep cleaning day. So she puts on some earbuds and continues working. Meanwhile, Penny asks Scarletta if she's ever cried. Scarletta says that it happened once when someone stepped on her foot, but then again, maybe not. Penny keeps asking her about the subject of, like, crying and sensitivity and stuff. And Scarletta asks her about her role in the friend group as well. If, like, everyone just considers her to be, you know, very sensitive and easily prone to crying. Penny does vent her frustrations that her friends only see her as, like, being cute and sensitive, which she is, but, uh, like, she wants to be seen as more. And then Scarletta says that she needs to toughen up. Penny asks how... And Scarletta invites her to Tough Panda Club. All of the pandas in the city know about it. And Penny says that she doesn't. So Scarletta says that the next meeting is tonight. And Penny wants to go and be like Scarletta. So then Pepper comes up to her and wants to try one of her jokes on Penny. Because she thinks it might be too harsh. And Penny is a good barometer for that kind of thing. Before Pepper can begin though... Scarletta interrupts, saying that Penny isn't just a measuring stick for sensitivity. Pepper says that she always has been, but Scarletta says, not anymore. And Pepper gulps, and Penny's like, yes. So, 
Okay, this is where I get into it a, li a little more. So, there are, there are two running theories I have for why this episode turned out the way it did. The second theory I'm not going to present until the end of the episode because uh, that's where the evidence for that comes in. So right now let's let's go with the first uh thing. So my first theory is that they just dusted off an old well okay both of my theories start out by saying that they just dusted off an old episode to just like put it in there and you know to just to just round things out because like like pepper testing a harsh joke on like penny to see if she'll cry like is sort of how like penny for your laughs like played out naturally and it it's not an instance of this is a new writer either the writers of this episode are the creators of the show who also happen to write Penny for Your Laughs. So, I, my, my theory is they just kind of like dusted off this old episode and retooled it because like at, at this point they had to have known that they were getting like unceremoniously canceled. So my first theory is that they're just doing this because why bother? Because like why why should we like do anything if we're just gonna end up on the chopping block anyway? And it it does it does feel like that. Now to clarify this isn't a bad episode or a bad idea or anything that gets poorly executed, like, in it of itself. It's just the timing of it is weird. It, it does feel like this belongs specifically in an early episode of season one. Now, I do think it's a little different than guilt tripping because guilt tripping feels incidental in how season one it is. This feels very, very purposeful. This feels like like it was meant to be a springboard for, you know, Penny's character development and to a lesser extent, Blythe's character development because of the B story with, uh, you know, uh, her writing about her parents. So, as we say that, uh, like, the episode does feature the journal, which was introduced in season four and is seemingly important to the episode, but at the same time, there are ways to write around that. They did mention a cleaning day, 
Maybe Blythe could have been helping out with the cleaning and found these old letters. And in the process, like, she gets inspired for this, like, writing contest at school and does, like, the whole story like that. Problem solved. Like, there is a bit of tinkering going on. I'm not going to say they, like, you know, like, copied the script one for one. They did They did editing to it to make sure it fit as much as possible while still, you know, feeling, feeling distant. So, that is one of my theories. And I might just, like, go off on this, like, a little more as, uh, you know, the episode goes on because I have it a bit more spaced out in my notes. But my notes are there to, like, you know, help me think and organize my thoughts. And, you know, as my thoughts evolve through the, like, process of, like, taking these down, like, so do how I express them. And just, like, front-loading it, one of my theses, instead of, like, spacing it out all over, is just something that changes. But let's get back to the episode. Blythe continues her writing project and writes, writes the segment about how R wants B to run away together and B says she'll do it despite her father not letting her out past her curfew. Blythe gets a knock on the door and Blythe invites them in. It's young me asking to go get frozen yogurt. So Blythe says yes and the pair run into Roger. Roger says that it's deep cleaning day and Blythe reiterates that it's every 15th of the month and together they say like clockwork. And then Blythe says that it is pretty clean in here and that she probably inherited your cleanliness gene, which after last episode, I would not be surprised if that was real. But uh, Roger wants to be sure and Blythe leaves to get the frozen yogurt. And, you know, I will say, like, I will say, I like, I like this episode. I, it's, I think it's a good episode. Regardless of how odd the placement of it is, it's a good episode. And for moments like this, especially that, like, you know, clarify how, like, close and how, like, connected that Blythe and her dad are and, like, how they how they know each other. Wow. So Roger checks Blythe's room and says there's probably like six hours worth of dust in here. So he begins cleaning and activates Blythe's laptop. So he notes that Blythe must be writing a journal and thinks it's cute. And curiosity gets the better of him and he takes a peek. He reads the bit about running away and panics. Blythe comes back for her laptop and Roger denies everything without being prompted but Blythe takes it and just thinks that it's just Roger being weird. And I also like this because it is an understanding of, like, my dad is weird. Like, she loves her dad. It's just he, she knows his shortcomings. Much like, like, 
it, it it's just it's just one of those things. So Roger resigns himself in sadness about Blythe's apparent decision to run away with her secret boyfriend. So again, I do want to point out this is where I have it in my notes, just to iterate. There was a previous like clean freak thing in an episode and again it is an episode that the creators had a hand in so like to expand further this whole episode does seem like it's made out of recycled episode parts where like uh, where like okay again guilt tripping just feels season one incidentally like This episode feels season one, like, purposefully. Like, they just took bits of episodes from season one and just put it, and, like, other previous seasons, as we'll get to, and just put it in the episode to make it work. So... Going on, uh, Penny talks to Scarletta about how excited she is for Tough Panda Club and hopes the other pandas like her. Scarletta says, and if they don't, they're lost, which Penny agrees with and giggles. Scarletta offers Penny some advice. She tells her not to giggle so much. Penny thinks she can do that, so Scarletta uh, also tells Penny to deepen her voice. And it takes Penny a few tries, but she gets there, but she flops back into... Dentally, but she goes back and, you know, when she tries. Scarletta also tells Penny to stand tall and toughen up her face. And this exchange ends with both of them just kind of growling at each other. And, uh, like, as I was saying, it this kind of does match up with, like, Sue Syndrome, where, like, one member of a species, uh, like, interacts with another member of the same species that seems different at first but then they grow together as we'll as we'll see later so Blythe is then eating lunch with her dad and Roger says good thing that frozen yogurt didn't ruin your appetite and Blythe responds what can I say I'm a growing girl Roger offers to get her some more sweet potato fries and Blythe is like sure so Roger asks Blythe if he knows all of her friends. So, uh, in, in his, like, panic, he gives Blythe a few too many sweet potato fries, and Blythe asks him to back off and assures him that he does. Roger freaks out a bit, and Blythe says she's gonna just finish lunch in her room, and Roger vows to always be here, even if Blythe isn't. So at first, it doesn't make sense that Roger would react like this because he's usually supportive in, like, what his daughter is doing. But when you think about it, it does make sense. His wife is probably dead, maybe, or maybe missing. So he doesn't want Blythe to run away either and just, like, disappear. And he is also tough when it comes to certain things. And he doesn't want, like... Like, the things that, like, he is in support of are, like, constructive things or things that help 
Blythe, you know, grows a person. He, like, buys back Blythe's scooter because, uh, like, he, he knows that, like, she needs it, but she also, he also understands that, like, the reason she traded away the scooter was to, you know, help her in her, like, creative endeavor and, uh, hopefully turn a career into it. Or the reason that, like, he so willingly goes to Rio with her is, again, for, like, to help her achieve her goal of becoming, like, a world-class fashion designer. There's a lot, like, a lot of these, like, decisions Roger does that seem odd are actually in support of Blythe and her passion. And Roger thinks that, like, running away with some guy isn't going to do any of that. And it it, it just makes sense. So Penny is practicing being tough in the mirror. And the other usual pets approach Penny and ask her what she's doing. Uh, Penny says she's putting on her new uh, face. And then Russell asks, like, didn't your mother ever tell you that if you do faces, it might stay like that? And they also ask her why she's doing it in a deeper voice. And she says she's a tough panda and she's going to tough panda club tonight. So then uh, Roger is on his computer and uh, types out what to do if you uh, were dusting in your daughter's room and accidentally looked at her computer and see something you shouldn't have or something to that effect. And because of how specific his search is, that brings up nothing. Roger wonders what he's doing and says that he should trust Blythe and believe that she isn't just going to run off with some joker whose name begins with R. So Roger thinks to, like, get his head out of it and uh, cheer himself up by looking up funny videos of Dad dusting, and this time he gets results. So Blythe is punching away at her story while Minka, Pepper, and Zoe come up with an urgent problem. Minka tries explaining it, but she goes at her own pace, which is hard to follow for Blythe. And then Pepper explains what happened with her joke, but Blythe is a bit far removed from that to understand that. So Zoe comes in and explains the situation as is, where, like, because of this new tough panda, Penny is now going to this tough panda club. And Minka asks, didn't I just say that? And the pets are worried because they think someone should go with Pennyling to keep her safe. However, Blythe understands what's happening and explains it to the pets. She says that, like, because of, like, what happened this morning, Penny feels like she needs to go alone because, like, the three of them hurt her feelings about how sensitive she is, and now she feels the need to prove something to herself. Blythe says that Penny should go alone, but Blythe will follow just in case something does happen. However, and here, here is where things are orchestrated well. So she can't tell her dad 
because that would also mean telling him about how she can talk to the pets, and she laments on not being able to tell her dad all of this, and how it's, like, really getting to her. <laughs> but with all of that sorted out, the pets travel back down the dumbwaiter, and Roger knocks on Blythe's door. Roger excitedly tells Blythe that he has dinner reservations for that new restaurant that Blythe wanted to go to tonight. Blythe says that tonight won't work because she has to go to the park. She assures him that all her homework is done and that she'll be back before curfew, but Roger cries a stream of tears and heads into the bathroom to presumably drain the tears. Blythe remarks he really wanted to go to that restaurant. So Scarletta's owner arrives and she leaves. Penny says she'll see her tonight and Scarletta whispers her the details. Under the big oak tree in the park after dark, come alone. Scarletta leaves and Penny reiterates the details and starts getting second thoughts. So <laughs> Roger is eating salad in the dark, which it that's a great sentence. <laughs> and I love it. And just the image, the image of this like middle-aged man just eating salad in the dark because he thinks his daughter is going to run away with someone and he's just he doesn't know how to process that is is very good so Blythe apologizes about the restaurant and asks for a rain check Roger sadly accepts and then he offers to drive Blythe to the park but Blythe reminds him that the car's in the shop Roger says that they could take a taxi together, but Blythe insists that she gets her 10,000 steps in because that's something she likes. And Roger's like, I know you like that and stuff and hugs her a bit too tightly. And then Blythe asks him to let go and he does and Blythe walks off. She's about to leave and wonders what that was all about. Meanwhile, Roger decides to follow Blythe as well. So Blythe sees Penny leaving her place, which she lives in Blythe's building, which it's it's weird. I guess, like, they never specify where she lived previously. Like, even even in, like, two peas in a podcast where they said she was moving, but it was only to the same building. Which, like, two peas in a podcast, like, does does bring up an interesting point of comparison. Where, like, uh, you know, all of, like, a lot of Penny's favorite things that they do feel too, like, sweet and innocent for the rest of the pets. But Penny is doing it deceptively a a bit like she feels guilty about it but she also like really falls in line doing it it's it's this it's a good episode on like how even like the sweetest people can fall victim to their wants and desires where like this episode seems like Penny Lang what well no hold on Because, like, it is, again, Penny Ling falling victim to her 
wants, but uh, her want in this isn't to just be treated like a queen. It's to be treated with respect, which there's a slight difference. But whatever. Tomato, tomato. Potato, potato. The point is, like, Again, two peas in a podcast and other episodes, like, portrayed Penny's, like, characterization. I, I, I hesitate to say the word better because, like, this is, this is fine. It's just so late in the game. Like, this would be fine in, like, early season one. But this is late season four. This is the penultimate episode of the entire series. And the fact that, like, something as simple as this is here is the problem I want to point out. The problem isn't anything to do with the script. The script itself is good. The problem is its placement. So, anyway, back to the episode. Penny sneaks out. Blythe is tailing her and Roger is tailing Blythe. So, Penny continues down to the street and Blythe and Roger follow. So Penny looks around and Blythe hides behind the letterbox. So Penny continues. Blythe looks behind her and Roger jumps into an alley and she doesn't see her dad because he jumped into the alley right at the time. So she just kind of shrugs it off. So Roger comes back covered in trash and Penny gets to a corner and wonders if she can do this. She then imagines herself going to Tough Panda Club. Scarletta welcomes her. And then they enter the tree, and a doorman answers, asking for a password. Scarletta gives it to them with a plus one, and they enter. The other pandas are there, cheering for Penny, and Penny introduces herself as a tough panda. So the imaginative sequence ends, and it gives Penny the courage to keep going. And then Blythe cheers on Penny Ling and follows her some more. So Penny enters the park. A bat startles her and then makes fun of her, but then Penny grabs the bat and intimidates him into submission. So Penny asks for directions, and the bat goes along with this. So they make it to the old orc tree, and the bat begs to not get hurt, and also adds that he has a sick mother. Penny says that she's not going to hurt him, and wishes his mother gets better, and then he flies off. So Penny wonders where Scarletta is, and then Scarletta appears. Penny asks where the rest of Tough Panda Club is, and Scarletta says that there actually is no Tough Panda Club. Penny asks why Scarletta lied, and Scarletta answers with the fact that she noticed that Penny needed a little, like, pick-me-up and, like, some, like, self-assertion, so she did this. She apologizes for lying, but Penny says that she shouldn't be sorry because, you know, Penny's not sorry, she was right, and this was good for her. So just uh, a little bit back, just, just going to pause a second, 
and go back to an earlier line. Specifically, if the other pandas don't, they're lost. That line takes on a new meaning in this instance. Since it's only just the two of them, that is just an affirmation of Scarletta's, like, admiration or friendship with Penny, and I like that. So then, at this point, Blythe reveals herself to congratulate Penny on proving herself. Penny asks then if it's okay for tough pandas to give hugs, and Blythe says yes, and also adds, I don't want you to stop giving hugs or being who you are, the sweetest, toughest panda I know. So Roger sees Blythe hugging uh, Penny, but can't tell it's Penny, and goes to stop that only to see that it's Penny. Blythe asks what he's doing here, and Scarletta remarks, I hope he isn't here for Tough Panda Club, which is a nice uh, little, little thing. So Roger explains that he didn't want uh, Blythe to throw her life away for some guy whose name begins with an R. Blythe is confused, and Roger explains that there's like a boy named R and a girl named B. So Blythe laughs and explains that B is Betty and R is Roger, and he just read her story. She then questions this. Roger explains that it was an accident that happened when he was cleaning. He then apologizes for reading without her permission and for not trusting her. Blythe also apologizes for not telling him what was really going on, both with, you know, the story and the sneaking out. So they hug it out, and Roger says her mom would be so proud of her. So they offer to go back, and Scarletta begins crying, and Penny asks if someone stepped on her foot. Scarletta says that those two are just so sweet and asks if it's okay for tough pandas to cry. Penny says yes, and they all leave. And it pans up to the night sky, and it ends the episode there. So, I told you I had two theories for this. You've already heard my, this is a resignation, where, like, why bother with a new script when you have this script here and we're getting axed anyway. So, the other theory, again, begins the same way. They're just dusting off an old episode and repurposing it. The difference is... Well, okay, to explain the difference in attitude, I need to explain my thoughts on that last shot where it pans up to the night sky. I think that's, like, the hardest confirmation that Blythe's mom is dead the show gives because like they were talking about how her mother's proud of her and so it goes up to the sky or heaven if you will to like indicate that her mom might might be looking down on her but again they never actually say it outright they never actually say Blythe's mom is dead outright, but that, like, pan up to the night sky, I think is just, like, harder than anything else that they've, like, done up to this point to say that, yes, Blythe's mom is dead. So, what I 
think happened is uh like they had this episode early on and then Hasbro was like we can't make it because that is a hard confirmation that Blythe's mom is dead and they want to give their audience of children some like plausible deniability so they just kind of shelved it but now that they were being cancelled they decided to go for it because what are they going to do Hasbro isn't going to pay them to make more episodes so they they have they have that ship in play so they decided to just like put it up there because they really like this episode so Instead of it being a resignation and a why bother, it is a vindication. A we we get to do this episode that we've always wanted to do, but Hasbro won't let us up until now. And like also like beginning in season four, they do play a lot like faster and looser with you know, certain topics, like death. Like, they do, like, hard confirm a few deaths and stuff. And, like, I get, like, Hasbro, like, not wanting to talk about stuff like that with their, like, you know, kid audience, but it is stuff that does affect them to some extent. And... Okay, so just 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 a little little point of thing here, point of point of contention. So like like this show is and always has been on the coattails of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. And like I doubt that there is anyone who watches it without comparing the two immediately. But, like, the difference is, I think, like, MLP was given the chance to, like, grow and, like, become what it is, whereas Littlest Pet Shop, like, kind of was and kind of wasn't. Like, they they were clearly starting to. And I think, like, if this episode really was just, like, written a while ago and then they dusted off and, like, edited it for season four purposes, like, they really wanted to make something, you know, special and grand right out of the gate. But Hasbro was like, no, no, no. We got we got to keep it simple. Got to got to get them in. Got to hook it. You see, but it it didn't work because not as many people were getting hooked. So it just it just got canceled. And and that's that's my theory on it. That's how I th- think it happened. I don't know this for sure. I am not a like investigative journalist when it comes to kids tv shows but you hear stuff like this a lot it's an educated guess and 
I feel like they wanted this show to be something like bigger, but they couldn't do it right away because like as much as I like MLP, it did not like live up to the hype it got until maybe season three or season four, at least at the earliest. I, I maintain later seasons are better with the exception of season nine, but that's not a conversation I want to get into right now. And like seasons one and two, while good are simple, but yet it raked in, you know, the fans and that was allowed to grow because of it. Whereas like, and Hasbro saw this and think, Oh, maybe lightning will strike twice with Littlest Pet Shop. So they they do this, like keep it simple, and then you can grow as it goes on. But it just, it didn't get the same spark. Even though, like, they, they clearly wanted it. Like, no one wanted this to happen. It just, uh, it just so happens to have happened like that because, like, something about it fell apart. So my theory is that like, like this was an early, early season one episode. They wanted to adapt or that, that they wanted to like put in, in season one and Hasbro said no. So they just shelved it. And then, like used the scrap parts to make other episodes. So instead of like this being made up of recycled episode parts, it becomes that like this episode was broken down and recycled into other episodes. But then on the verge of being canceled, they pulled out this script and said, Hey, we really like this script. We're going to go for it. This will be one of our last hurrahs that we finally get to air this and Hasbro can't and won't say no. And I love that idea and I think I'm going to go with that idea. Now, it could be that this episode was just written at the time of you know, in, in production of it. But I don't think that makes sense at all. I honestly believe this episode to be, like, just, like, written, like, as part of season one, but then it got shelved for one reason or another, and then it came back. Because it doesn't make any sense if it was written alongside the rest of season four to me it just it just doesn't it's too it's too early for it to be an end game episode but i i like the theory better that this is a like take that to getting canceled by the lps crew because that is great and I and I really like that. And honestly, like in general, this episode is it 
it's a pretty good episode. Let, let's let's take out the placement of this episode for now and say it was placed in the right position. I would say this episode like really tackles like what makes Pennyling a good character, what makes Roger and Blythe a good duo. And it just and the and the two of them together in this work really well. But the fact that this is the penultimate episode of the entirety of the show has me asking like questions on why this is placed where it is, why Penny seems to have regressed. It really is just the Penny plot. Like, the Roger and Blythe plot, like, could still fit in this. But, like, the Penny plot of her, like, wanting to be tougher is where things get confusing. Because we've already seen it. We've already seen Penny, like, striving to be tougher or, you know, being tougher. We don't... That That is my only contention with the episode. I've been at this for a while now. So, I think you get what I'm trying to say. And I will end this episode here. So that is it for this episode of The Littlest Petcast. Uh, leave your comments and reviews on Shot Engine, on Apple Podcast, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go when they go out to the park in the middle of the night. And be sure to tune in next time for not the final episode. Instead, I have something else planned for you next time on the Littlest Pentcast. I... We'll see you then.